Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Thank you again for listening to Talk Architecture Podcast. Your host, Naziati Muhammad Yaqub, and talking about architecture education. There were a lot of discussion. It went here and there. And the last session in, on, on Clubhouse, hosted by Architect Lotwi, which I referred to a lot in many of my podcasts recently, um, was also having this uh, the guest speaker f- who wrote the manual on accreditation, uh, Professor Said Iskandar, and other another uh, UTM lecturer was with him last night. And the summary, I only managed to catch the summary of that session when the moderator said that um, he noted on the issue with architecture schools being under the faculty of built environment and other faculties with other um, courses and programs. And that could be the the limitation to um, how things are done or in terms of the curriculum of the different schools, although they intended I managed to catch the comment by those who written the manual on accreditation for Malaysian Board of Architects that they intended um, uh, different schools to be more specialized in different things and be a variety of uh, specialization and not the schools as the same as each of the other school. So, um, so that was noted by the moderator that that was being concluded by um, those involved with the manual accreditation document. Okay. And um, then there was discussion about why can't uh, architecture school uh, be more independent in terms of the curriculum away from these other programs, which could be like quantitative surveying, planning, um, uh, estate management and so on, yeah? So uh, why can't we, we be more like the Architectural Association in London? And there were other schools that are independent schools like Hull School of Architecture as well. So why can't our schools of architecture be more independent, you see? So um, because in Malaysia, we are going to celebrate our Independence Day on the 31st of August. So it's a good run up to that occasion to have um, a conversation about the independence of architecture school. But we would like to pose the topic in a manner which is, um, could be a bit more provocative, could put a setting, could put a reference to it. And even the moderator mentioned about Alvin Boyarsky's time, in the 80s, uh, heading the school, uh, AA School of Architecture at that time, and how he quoted from Ian Belfour, who is uh, back in the 1990s, said that, um, uh, the moderator said that um, Alvin Boryaski preferred people who would disagree with him rather than people who would agree with him. So that that shows a spirit of diversity in terms of architectural thought or philosophies approach to the studios at the AA at that time. 
So um, the late Alvin Boyarsky is regarded as an, um, the icon or the reference or the pre- precedence in terms of how to run a school and the AA school in that instance. Many of our colleagues and friends came from the AA, graduated then at that time, I recalled, partly because of government scholarships at that time that let people go and do the architecture courses in the AA. But um, so we have individuals who came from there. And we have also uh, a guest um, in our podcast, uh, Ms. Amna Emir, who talked about under the topic of architects or artists, uh, some time back, and you can look at look up on that to to hear of her um, her experience at the AA, in particular her design thesis or her, her final project, where she was under a non architect who taught her. So this issue about why must it be um, people who had schools of architecture in Malaysia have to be an architect and you can't have a, somebody with part one, but specialization teaching in part two, something like that. So it's very prescribed, yeah, what's happening in in um, the, uh, in how it's run in Malaysia and end up um, the school's architecture are different and not diverse enough. So actually um, being in a school of architecture, I know the conversation that, that the lecturers are trying to make a decision to make it more, more specialized what we're doing, you know, but it's too generic, like sustainability. Everybody's doing sustainability, you know. So it's, it's, um, it's the way, it, when we want to approach this conversation and that I'm giving you a teaser here because there will be a conversation between me and a part two Architecture Association graduate, fresh graduate, uh, Chia Yvonne, in the next podcast session, we will talk about can Malaysian architecture schools be like the AA? This is going to be an interesting conversation. And I'm thinking of um, also following this up with other people, in particular, those who came from the AA themselves, established architects, uh, designers who were from the AA themselves um, and what they think about Malaysian schools of architecture. Now, obviously, they have been involved. These people be in, have been involved in Malaysian architecture schools, uh, either private, mostly private schools. So this will be an interesting conversation that I will have later on. But for now, I'm going to talk about, I'm going to have a conversation with a, a fresh graduate and it will be more of a conversation between myself and her and under that topic. And the first instance is that I believe um, uh, Malaysian architecture schools can be like the AA because as a um, someone who has been teaching for a number of years, it is the things that you, you found out about the AA that is different than other schools, which you could implement in your school. I mean, when you look at 
AA graduates, they're very confident in critique. And I, I was not from the AA, but I did apply there, but it would have been a setback to my scholarship, you know, and I would have problems with that. So I, I just finished my part one and part two uh, in different schools of architecture, but not the AA. But I had a lot of friends in the AA and I always go, when I was working nearby um, at Store Street near the AA, I, I went to many of the evening lectures then. Now, when I think back about how much I've learned from just attending evening lectures um, at the AA, I didn't really understand. In fact, there's a lot that I don't understand about the projects in, at the AA. I didn't understand about theoretical uh, basis. I know that where I studied at Leicester Polytechnic for my part one, there was more on theory and I love that. So it's a continuous learning process that I had when I went to the evening lectures. And when I came back to Malaysia and when I became a lecturer, I invited many of the AA graduates to come and create the students. And I'm kind of trying to understand how to create the student, but it's not about an AA graduate per se, but I found out that there are other graduates from other schools of architecture all over the world that are more, I have an approach how to critique really, have understood what a critique is for. Now that can only be from a school of architecture that is very clear in what they want, and what the sort of graduates they want to produce or the sort of experience they want the potential architects to experience. And that is very telling indeed. How many graduates have graduated from the AA who are successful? So look, we mentioned about Ram Kulhas, Hadid, because the usual star architects, but there are many more, obviously. And one thing that, like I said earlier, I noticed those who are from the AA, they have a method, a methodology in which they, they, they know what they're doing in terms of the critique, in terms of the critical thinking in architecture or architectural critical thinking and thought or processes. And they, they will do it and they will perform it in the studios and would want the students to, uh, to do the same, right? So if they, were, if they were welcome as guest panelists to our crits, there is also that certain um, questioning, line of questioning that, that um, there is a purpose to that. It's not something that they pick up uh, without purpose. You know, sometimes we, we tend to think, we tend to ask things like they're too technical to do with not to do with architecture design, they're to do with building or some technical points, or they're to do with graphic communication, the drawing is not good enough or something like that, but not theory. So that's the strength in theory that, that is prevalent in the AA school. And uh, the way we deal with our architecture school curriculum in Malaysia, we put theory as something almost like an option, yeah? And we think that there is a discipline without theory, but actually, or theory is at a very, it's not even minimum. It's like treating theory as 
a set of design principles. Theory is much more than that. And the theory course, you want to produce, you want students of architecture learning the theory course to actually understand how to critique. And yeah, someone did mention about the quality of people who are entering School of Architecture is not good enough, even from the secondary school level. So this is something that is difficult to, to resolve. I think I, I'm going too far into the point now. Actually, I was just uh, giving a teaser for the next session. And uh, I think uh, having this uh, chat uh, with you all today uh, gave some ideas on how to go about with my conversation with Chia Yvonne, a graduate from Architecture Association School and also Taylor's University in Malaysia. And, you know, please look, uh, please uh, check us out, follow our podcast and listen to the next session, The Chat with Chia Yvonne. Thank you very much for listening to today's session.